Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, can we stand on our feet? Come on, let's bless the name of Jesus. Let's give him honor. Let's give him praise. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Glory to God. Come on, clap your hands this morning. We're going to give thanks unto the King of kings. To the Lord of lords. To the holy and righteous one. Yeah. 
as we pray this morning. Father God, we love you. We thank you one more time for being in the present, Lord, where we can worship you, Lord God, because you are worthy, Lord God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good, for his mercies endure it forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for your mercy endure it forever. Oh, God, we love you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for being so good to us, oh God. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for providing for us. We thank you for making ways when there seems to be no way, Lord God. As we pray this morning, we ask you to continue to have your way in the service, oh God. Bless every person this morning, oh God. Let your will be done, your kingdom come. As we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, church. Let's just give the Lord another round of applause this morning. He is worthy to be praised. Continue to worship the Lord with us. Come on. Let's bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Come on. He's so worthy to be honored and praised. Amen. Yes. Chasing after you, no matter what I have to do, cause I need you more and more. I'm chasing after you, no matter what I have to do, cause I need you more and more. I'm chasing after you, no matter what I have to do. I need you more and more. I'm chasing 
Glory to God. Oh, God, we worship you, God. We need you more and more and more and more. Come on, if you need him more and more and more. Come on, if you need him more and more and more. God, I can't make it another day without you. I need you more and more and more and more. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, lift your hands today. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah.
your place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, take your place this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, have your way this morning, oh God. Have your way this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we lift your name on high this morning, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Have your way in this place this morning, oh God. Oh, have your way in this place this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we lift your name on high this morning, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. He is worthy to be praised. Come on, church. Let's just call him by his name, everybody. Come on. Let's just call him by his name this morning, everybody. Jesus is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. We praise your name this morning. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen, 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 amen. There is a spirit of worship in this place this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, there are times you just want to just sit back and just let the Lord have His way in your life this morning. Amen. Whatever is going on in your life is just between you and our God this morning. Amen. And truly this morning, it's indeed, there is a spirit of worship in this, in this place this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we worship you this morning. We thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we welcome you all this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you. We thank everyone for tuning in this morning. Amen. We thank everyone for being in the house of God this morning. It's so good to see everyone in the house in his presence. There is fullness of joy, and at His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. And we're here in the house of God where there is, uh, uh, in His presence where we can worship Him. Oh God, we are at liberty where we can take our liberty with our God because it make us, make it possible for us to be here to worship Him. Amen. It's nothing good that we have done, but because of His love and His mercy, He brought us from a long way, and we are here in His presence this morning to worship Worship and to magnify the name of our Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. You know, our God is so great. He's so mighty. You know, I, I was looking at the, uh, the, the young people back there worshiping this morning. Um, Jade and, and Sister Peyton back there, they were worshiping. I'm saying, man, how sweet it is when iron strong. You, you, you may not know the importance of when you're missing. When you're missing and not in the house of God, there is something missing. Because what that means is that seeing Brother Sam, that sharp me, you know, the, the, the phrase iron sharpened iron, that, that's an encouragement. Seeing Sister Madia just worshiping God in the presence of God, that encourages me. You know, so you don't know what when you're missing from being in the house of God, it plays a drastic role in our life. 
you know, the song that w- there's a song that we sing that you are my brother, you are my sister. So take me by my hand. Together we will work until he come. Why? Because we're in this thing together. Amen. So when we're in something together, together we stand divided. Nothing can separate us. You know, the scriptures of what shall separate us from the love of God. Amen. In all these things we are more than conquerors. Amen. But we welcome everyone this morning and keep encouraging each other in the Lord. Amen. Because we need each other in this hour that we're living in. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to invite Brother Tom. He's going to come at this time with a few announcements. Praise God. God bless you. Morning, church. I got all kinds of things to put up here. Good to see everybody. The spirit of worship was powerful thus far. Let's keep that going, right? We are working hard to keep our calendar uh, rolling. Um, the Lord's presented a few challenges to us, but nonetheless, we're going to ch- we're going to carry on and overcome. Yes, we are. So here's uh, a whole bunch of things that are going on right now. Uh, this coming Friday, uh, not a whole week, but this coming Friday, uh, the ladies have a change in the date changing the date as I'm up here doing the announcements. No worries, no worries. We, we, can, we can fly with that, right? Um, next Saturday, uh, North American Missions is uh, working on a, uh, a church plant initiative. Uh, those of you who are unaware of what North American Missions is, that is the arm of our organization that tries to put new churches in places where they're needed, and New Jersey needs churches. And so if you have that in your heart, if you have that in your interest, um, get a hold of me. Um, it is going to be a virtual conversation, um, and so you'll need a link. Um, but um, if you are interested in what North American Missions does, I'll be glad to talk with you about that. And um, there's folks from all over the district that will be involved. Um, that's Saturday, this coming Saturday at 11. Uh, the youth have a couple of things uh, ahead. Uh, they have a relationship series that will be on Friday the 19th, and that will be at 8 o'clock. And then uh, the following day on Saturday at um, uh, the 20th, um, there'll be a Save Our Children's Rally. I'm certain that the Haskers have put out some announcements about that, um, and they'll be in charge of getting a hold of you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, come see me, and I'll hook you up with the right people. Um, we have also gone forward with trying to keep our audio and visual stuff going. And um, Brother uh, Scarlett is hosting once a month uh, a way for you to interact with all of the electronics, all of the things that we're doing with music. It's fairly technical. Um, but as he has said, I heard him say this just yesterday, there's eight notes. And if you know eight notes, then you know you can know what you're doing. It's like a mathematical equation is what he said yesterday. And so um, I'm sure that you're going to be able to master it too. So if you're interested in being involved in all this kind of stuff, um, come see him. Um, this on the Sunday the 21st, so that's a couple of weeks away, uh, there'll be the next Zoom meeting with those folks. The men's group um, will have a, um, a, an evening on Friday the 26th. I'm certain we're not going to be changing the date because we keep our word. Just throwing that out there. At 7.30, Friday the 26th. And then the following day, the North uh, Central Jersey District men's group will be meeting. There's a ministry that meets. Um, we get together periodically, uh, quarterly. Um, on Saturday the 27th um, in Secaucus uh, from 11 to 1. Um, it's a powerful experience, men, if you have not attended. 50 to 60 men from all over the state getting together to worship, hear the word, and to fellowship. It's a powerful experience. 
You guys have a great day. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm looking around the congregation this morning, and I'm saying, oh, my God. You know, um, the, ni- the 9 a.m. service we had this morning, um, people were, you know, um, you know, the, the, the sermon went over. I um, can see that people were wanting to fellowship. And then the 10.30 service that we have this morning, we can see the place is, you know, pretty much pack, packed out. You know, things are loosening up right now. Some state they're trying to go back to normal, but we're not out of the, uh, out, out of the, the, uh, the danger yet. So, you know, we're still recommending and advising everyone to, um, to wear the mask and still social distance. You know, it's important. It, it's imperative for you to keep yourself safe, to keep your family safe. And uh, in the midst of what's going on, you know, we want everybody to be healthy. We want everybody to be well. You know, a lot of people are still affected. A lot of people are dying. But we're trusting God because we're serving a mighty God. So this morning, as you give this morning, don't forget our building project, a building fund project. You know, we're, we're trying to get $1.6 million to, for uh, we have a short time to raise this fund. So if somebody have an idea, um, if somebody have an idea, oh, we can, uh, you know, want to write us a check for 1.7 million. Is that what I say? 1.7? Amen. Um, yeah, if you have an idea, oh, we can raise it. We'll definitely welcome your opinion. You know, if somebody want just write us a check for 1.7 or, you know, 2 million, we'll take it. You know, we want everybody to sit comfortably worship the Lord and we can all together just serve God in the beauty of holiness. Why? Because we need each other and the only way we're going to make it is to be able to see each other where we can, you know, praise God together, where we can dance together, where we can laugh together, where we can worship together. And when we, you know, kind of tight in space, it's it make it difficult for us to move around. So we're trying to get a building. So if someone wants to be a blessing, remember, you know, if a thousand people give a thousand dollars, you know, that's one million dollars. So we still have at least close to another million more that we, we will take from you if you want to bless us with. And we're pres- pre- you know, praying and hoping and trusting God that he will make a way for us. Amen? Amen. That's not a little weak. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We're going to invite you to stand with us if you can. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. If you remember, if you paint electronic, it's to um, my my right, your left. Amen. You can see Brother Jordan over there. And um, if you want to give electronically, if you want to give to uh, electronically, I'm sorry, I'm trying to multitask while I'm here. Here, um, if you want to give, um, <laughs> um, if you want to give a cash app, it's uh, CCC uh, the dollar sign CCC. 2711. So you can feel free to give on your cash app or whatever electronic payment you want to give. Um, you know, feel free. Share our links. Uh, that's one thing that I want to forgot to mention. Share our links. You know, our Facebook link, our YouTube link, you know, Instagram link. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Encourages them to sign on and be a part of what's going on in this hour. Because, oh my God, God is doing
doing something in this hour. And I don't want you to be left behind. I don't want, I, I want you to be a part of what God is doing, especially the time that we live in. Amen. So bow your heads with us as we pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence that we felt in this place this morning. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll continue to be with us in this place this morning. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask you to bless everyone, Lord God. Bless every givers. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise. Make a way so they can be a blessing. Father God, as we commit ourselves to you, we ask you, Lord God, that you will take control of the remaining portion of the service. Oh God, let your will be done, your kingdom come. We worship you, we praise you, and we thank you for all that you have done and what you're still doing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Let's continue to worship the Lord with us. Amen. Praise God.
Come on, worship the Lord. Come on, give the Lord praise and honor in this place. If you're desperate for Him, praise Him. If you're desperate for Him, give Him praise. If you're desperate for the Lord, worship Him. Worship Him. Let Him know how much you're desperate for Him. Let Him know how much you're lost. Without Him, Jesus, without You, we're nothing. Without You, we're lost, Almighty God. For You are the light and You guide us, Lord God. Without You, we're lost. Without You, we're ignorant. Without You, Lord God, we don't know where to go. We don't know which way to turn. Oh, God, we worship You. 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 Oh, God, there is none like you. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like you, oh, great God. Let God have his way in your heart this morning. God is wanting to do something special in your life today. God wants to touch you in a special way. God wants to bless you in a special way. God wants to move in your life in a special way. Why don't you worship him this morning and love him this morning and adore him this morning. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, we're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. There's something happening in this place. God is wanting to do something. I can sense that God is wanting to do something. Whatever you need this morning, you might not even know what you need. But because God knows your need, he's wanting to help you this morning. If you would just open up to him, if you would just be in agreement with him, if you would just worship him and honor him and bless his name, God wants to do something in your life. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Something is happening. Something is happening. Something is happening. There is none like him. I believe if we will worship the Lord today, as the word of God is being preached, something is going to happen. I believe after the word of God is finished preaching, I believe something is going to happen. I don't know what you came to do. I don't know what you're looking for. But I just know whatever it is that you want God to do, he wants to do it this morning. You just got to give him access. You got to allow him. You got to allow him. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. It makes a difference when you're anointed and you play instruments than just playing instruments. And certainly the anointing of the Lord is upon the man of God as he played this morning. And this is why we can experience what we experience because when anointed people worship the Lord, whether just worship them with their hands, their heart, or just in music, or with just praise. 
in praising the Lord. Something happens when an anointed man of God or woman of God give the Lord praise and honor. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We welcome you to our church service this morning. All of you that have tuned in online, our online congregation, we welcome you. Thank you for being a part of our service today. Amen. I, I have to joke with somebody next week when I see them because someone was in the service this morning and 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 they said to me, um, I heard the nine o'clock service be popping. That's what they said to me. So they came this morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> I said, yeah, well, you just never know how the service will pop that day. If it's both services or one of this. We, we don't set this thing. We have no control over how the service will go. So then he says, well, maybe I'll just be sitting in both of them. <laughs> he said, maybe I'll just go to both services because I just got to be every t- I got to be there when it's popping. Oh my goodness. We don't know what God is going to do. He deals with he deals with these services differently because he knows what everyone needs. And we don't know, the preacher don't know. No one knows what the innermost part of you need, but God does. So he does whatever he wants to do or whatever he needs to do in your life whenever it's time. And so we just let him do whatever he wants. And so we thank God for it. Amen. God is good. Amen. Brother Brantley, I missed you last week. I needed some backup in here. My goodness. I said, where Paul, Bl- Paul Brantley? Back me up. Amen. And they said they didn't hear from me. We didn't get the good morning church last week. So just like Brother Scarlett is saying, whatever anyone is missing, we really can tell. Amen. You have no clue how much, you know, when God puts you in the body of Christ, that, that he puts you there and you play a role. You have a significant part to do with that body. No matter how much your mind tells you or the devil try to tell you you're insignificant, you got to rebuke that, that voice and that spirit because God, when God puts you somewhere, he, God is not like us. You know how sometimes we do things, and I say it all the time, we do things and we're just like, I don't know why I did it. I just did it. I just felt like doing it. That's not how God operates. Everything God does, he does it intentionally because there's a good reason behind it. And so if God puts you in a, in a church and, and, and place you in the body of Christ, it's not because he was just, ah, let me just put you over here, figure out how we do. No, 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 no. It's not how he works. He does everything intentionally. So, so when he intentionally puts you with a body, with a group of people, it means you have a significant role there. And when you're not there, you are missed. We're not, we understand that sometimes you have to miss. We're just letting you know that when you miss, we miss you because we know you're missing. Not because of anything else other than God said it so. Right? So if God put you here and you're not here, we saying, where's sister so-and-so? Where's brother so-and-so? Because God put him there. And so last week when Brother Brantley wasn't um, giving any shout-outs and, you know, you know we, we, we got a little bit into the football arena and we needed backup, you know, we, 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 <laughs> we didn't get any backup. But we're glad to have Brother Brantley back on the online congregation. Always a pleasure to have him. And he's just so wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. We had a good service this morning. We thank God for it. Um, I concur with you, Brother Scarlett. Even if we wanted to walk this thing back, it doesn't look like we can walk it back um, by going to one service. 
Uh, you know, what do you think, Brother Henry? We can go, if, if, if everybody get vaccinated up and we all good and, you know, all things working together, you know, I don't think we can go to one service. Uh, not in this building, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can go back to one service, not in this building. Ah, okay. Well, everybody better get ready to preach, too. Because I, I can't do this all by myself. I'm not, I'm not even trying to do this, because it doesn't look <laughs> Get everybody ready. So while we're trying to go after our building and we're raising funds to do that, you know, we're here. Let, let's just, you know, make sure we're all doing our part. Amen. Appreciate Brother Scarlett teaching Bible study Thursday night. Amen. Appreciate Brother Henry taking over my Tuesday night um, discipleship um, um, class. And so we're, we're just moving right along. Amen. Just do what we do and not worry about a thing. Amen. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray for someone that is near and dear to me and to you. <laughs> uh, for those of you who remember uh, Pastor Cole from Jamaica that have come to be with us numerous times. She's ministered in this church and she's our family. And um, we got word this morning that she was admitted to the hospital. That just doesn't even sound right, that she was admitted to the hospital. Um, and so, um, and I don't like um, to hear that anybody goes to the hospitals in the foreign country. Listen, y- you cut me and I bleed Jamaica. So, 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 I, I, when I say this, I still say it in love. But the bottom line is the hospitals down there don't want none of my relatives in there. You shouldn't want none of your relatives in the hospitals down there because, my goodness. And so there's a lot of things I was messing around to, you know, we can say whatever we want, but at the end of the day, greatest country in the world, we stand in the greatest country in the world. Now, other countries have different things that they have that they provide, and that's pretty special. But if you're just talking about overall, this is the greatest country in the world. It's just a fact. And um, so with all the problems that we have here, it's still the greatest country in the world. The United States of America is the greatest country in the world. Not to mention, you know how we got started as a country, as a nation. We got started because a group of people decided that they want to practice religion freely. So you go check out all the other country, how they got started. This one got started because people wanted to practice their religion freely. And so they decided to go to a place where they can practice religion freely. So this, this, this nation was founded upon religion, was founded upon God. So this is the greatest country in the world. So with our faults, we're still the greatest country in the world. So we want you to pray for um, Pastor Cole because I don't want her being in no hospital in Jamaica. That's all I'm saying, I guess. You know what I mean? I just don't want her being in no hospital down there. And I want her to be all right. As I mentioned this morning, today is Sunday, and she's normally preaching and teaching in her church. And now she's in the hospital. And so we're going to pray that God will touch her body and heal her. And that we're going to pray that God will use her to be a witness in that hospital while she's there. So the devil will think twice next time to touch her body with sickness because he knows she's going to be a witness wherever she go. Will you pray with me for Pastor Cole? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we touch and agree this morning, asking and petitioning that, Lord God, your power, your healing virtue will flow into her body. We rebuke every sickness, ailment, disease, virus that may be in her body. We rebuke it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And we pray that by the authority of your word and the power of your name, her body will be free from sickness and ailments and she will be healed. I pray from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet that she will receive healing, Lord God, that she will be made whole and that God, while she's in that hospital walking out, I pray that she will begin to pray the prayers of faith and you will use her to be a witness and you will use her to lay hands on somebody that they may be healed, that they may be delivered, that they may be saved. Touch Pastor Cole right now and move on her, Lord God, with a force, Lord God, that has to be reckoned with. I pray your will to be done in her life right now, Lord God. Have your way in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 44. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 44. The word of the Lord says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man had found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he had and buyeth that field. Now, that's the King James Version, and that, that, that might, you, you might think you know what it said, and, and, and you probably are correct in knowing that. But how about I make it a little plainer for you, okay? Same Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Let me make it plain for you in the NIV version. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. You are a treasure. You are a treasure. A treasure. Why don't you tell your neighbor you are a treasure? Amen. Tell your other neighbor you are a treasure. Chanji, you are a treasure. Even when the person standing next to you or in front of you or behind you get on your nerves, they're a treasure. Don't, you can't take that back. You cannot take it back. They are a treasure because God says so, okay? And so when you call them treasure, remember that. And so when you come to church and, and somebody's standing before you, don't realize you're behind them trying to get around them and they're in your way, they're still a treasure. Because <laughs> you want to push them out of the way. I got to get to my seat. They're still a treasure. <laughs> you may be seated. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is a pretty interesting parable that we just read. Now, I want you to follow closely and get the clear understanding of what's being talked about here. The man who found the treasure would have been a laborer, not the owner of the field that he was laboring in. According to the rabbinic law, if a worker came across buried treasure in someone else's field and lifted it out, the treasure would belong to the owner. So if you hire somebody to work in your field, Whatever they find in that field belongs to you because it's your field. And so that's what this is 
letting us understand. In this parable, the laborer was careful not to lift out the treasure. Why? Because he knew he couldn't take it. To obtain this treasure, which he believes far surpassed all the money he had and the value of everything he owned, he would have to sell everything he had so he could buy the field. Now, that's interesting that he sees this treasure and I'm thinking in my mind, he didn't get a good look at it because he didn't want anybody to know that he saw this treasure. So I'm thinking he just kind of sized it up and say, hmm, whew, that thing is something. It's worth something. He thought it was worth so much that he went and sold everything that he had because he wanted that treasure. There has been many thoughts on this parable as to what it may mean. But can we agree that if we take it literally, it points out something very real? What is that very real thing that it points out? The man found a treasure in someone else's field. Mm -hmm. Conceals the fact that he had found it. Mm -hmm. He does not tell anyone of it. With a view of obtaining it, the text says the man would go and sell all that he owned and buy the field. The conduct of the man was dishonest. It was. I know you're thinking, man, why is the Bible telling us dishonest things? Because the Bible is real. It's life. And we ought to learn the things we should not do as well as the things that we should do. And so this man found something that belongs to someone else and he figured out a way how to get it from him. It was dishonest. The honest thing would have been to inform the owner of the field that he had found a treasure in his field. That would have been the honest thing to do. Say, dude, I found a treasure in your field. He was trying to gain someone else's property for far less than the real value. That's why he didn't tell the man. Because if he went to the man and says, I saw a treasure out in the field, how much you want for it? He probably couldn't afford it when the man named the price. So he figured he would go the other route to deceive and be dishonest. If he had real integrity... He would have inform, informed the owner of the discovery. Here is a harsh reality, church. That's the way many people actually do to obtain wealth and riches. They do it by deception. They do it unethically. They do it in a way where they can rob and steal and connive in their mind legally. And so most people that have obtained wealth, not inherited it, but went out and did it, they are cutthroat. They are serious and they will do whatever it takes to make sure they grow their wealth because that's what they're about. When you're talking wealth and treasure, People will do all kind of things to obtain it, and we can clearly see it in this text. 
this man realized here's an opportunity to be rich. And what I have to do, I have to do because I want to be rich. And so he wheeled and dealed. Yes. And people are doing this very thing today. Wheeling and dealing so they can be rich. Ain't no mistake about it. When we talk about rich, rich don't always mean the same to everybody. It's what you deem as rich is rich to you. It might not be rich to somebody else. So let's not start thinking way out and thinking, well, I mean, whatever I'm doing, it's not going to make me rich. If you're still being conniving and deception and wheeling and dealing like this guy to try to get something for yourself that somebody else should have, you're wheeling and dealing. It's the same concept, same principle. This man actually sacrificed all he owned. Practice diligence and watchfulness to obtain the wealth of someone else which he had discovered. It's in the Bible. We just read it. (laughs) So the point of this parable lies in this. Look at what this man did when he went through or what he went through to obtain this treasure, this wealth. Look at what he did. What if the owner of the field realized what was going on? Let the man go and do all his thing and selling all that he had. And when he came back to purchase, the owner said, not selling. That would have been interesting. But people that's trying to get rich, they will take all kind of risk. I'm sure he had to consider that he could go to the owner of the field and say, hey, let me buy that field. And the owner could have said, I'm not selling it. But he took the chance. Even if he went to the owner before and the owner says, all right, I'll sell it to you. He could have came back. And by the time he came back, the owner could have went out and looked around. Why does he want this field anyway? And figure out that, oh, I've got some valuable stuff on this property. And when he came back, says, nope, not doing it. He took the risk. Went home. Gathered all his things. Sold it all. And went back with the money. Because he wanted to purchase the field. Yes. It's amazing what we will do and go through to get what we want. You got to hear me this morning. It's amazing what we will go through and what we will do to get what we want. Mm -hmm. But obeying the word of God is far more valuable than any treasure in this world. And we must ask ourselves, are we going above and beyond and doing whatever it takes to obtain God and his word? That usually goes over like lead and everybody's quiet when we say that because we all have to look into ourselves and say, how much am I doing to get the word of God, to get God in my life, salvation, and how much am I doing to obtain what I believe is what I want? This man represents so many of us today. 
We will do whatever it takes to gain wealth and the treasures of this world, but we will not do the same to gain Christ and eternal life. Church, God is looking. He's watching. He sees everything. He does. And so it's going to be very difficult for us to get before God and try to convince him that we gave more to obtain salvation than we did to obtain our treasures in this world when we really didn't do it. He's watching it. He's seeing everything. And we have to ask ourselves, are we doing more to gain Christ and eternal, and eternal life than we are to obtain our treasures in this world? Matthew chapter 16, verse 26 says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Hmm. Luke chapter 14, verse 33 says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh, not all that he had, he cannot be my disciple. So Jesus is saying, if you don't forsake all that you have, you can't be a disciple. Can I make clear real quick so you don't get it distorted? Disciple and Christian, same thing. Because oftentimes we'll rather say we're Christians than say we're disciples. Why? I've said this before. Because saying I'm a Christian sounds a lot less uh, work. Like it's not, not a lot of work involved in being a Christian. But it's a lot of work involved in being a disciple. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, being a Christian is being a disciple. And being a disciple is being a Christian. So it's the same. And both will require a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake it, not all. If you don't forsake all that you have, you cannot be his disciple. Now you understand why some of the sayings that the Lord says, uh, it, it, it sounds so hard because he's watching us and seeing what we're doing. But when it comes to him, we want to make it just so impossible. He watches us, how we go about doing what we want and what we sacrifice for it and what we do going above and beyond to obtain it. And he's watching this. And then when he says something that we consider hard, we say, man, God, that's a hard thing. And he's watching all of this like, can you believe them? As soon as I want something, it's hard. But as soon as they want something, it's not that hard. That's, that that, that, that got to be how he's thinking. Can you believe my children? Whenever I want something from them, it's always so difficult for them to do it. But whenever they want something for themselves, they just lose themselves and do whatever it takes to get what they want. My children, though. Not my children, Rose. Here's another point I want to bring to your attention within this same parable. It will cost us much sacrifice to gain something that is valuable to us. 
Don't miss it. I know the guy was conniving. I know the guy was being slick. But I'm telling you, it will always cost you much sacrifice and giving of yourself in order to obtain anything that's valuable. If you have something that's valuable and you didn't go through all of that, then it must not be that valuable. You normally go above and beyond and go extra and do extra and give extra to get whatever you believe is valuable to you. We've always done that. So whatever you have and you're saying this is valuable to me, you went above and beyond. You sacrificed a lot. You went the extra mile. You went above and beyond. You gave a lot because that's valuable to you. And so that's what you did in order to gain it. We want to be saved, but we don't want it to cost us any sacrifice or challenges or work. We want salvation. We want to go to heaven, but we don't want it to cost us anything. We don't want to sacrifice anything. We don't want to give anything. We don't want to work for it because we're saying, oh, it's not that valuable. I know you're saying, no, preacher, it's valuable. Then why aren't you doing more? Then why aren't you sacrificing more? Then why aren't you working more? Then why aren't you serving more? If your salvation and having a hold of Christ in your life is valuable to you, then look into your life and says, what am I doing to show that is valuable to me? Because we will always show you what's valuable to us. And this man showed us how valuable that field, that treasure was to him because he went and sold everything he had so he can obtain it. Listen to me. The treasure comes with the field. I said that about three times this morning before people caught it. The treasure comes with the field. The treasure comes with the field. If he just was able to lift out the treasure out of the field and go with it, there would be no work involved. He would have took his treasure, put it on his carriage, and gone about his business. Just open the the, the treasure and start getting his stuff. That's all he would have to do. But he could not get the treasure by itself. Help me, Holy Ghost. He had to purchase the field in order to get the treasure. And I'm here to tell you, the field will cost you much work. The field will cause you to labor. The field will cause you to sacrifice. And in order to get the treasure, you need the field. You can't have Christ and salvation without the heartache. Without the challenges, without the frustration, without the hurt, without the pain, without going through some challenge. You can't have salvation without it because salvation is valuable. It's going to cost you something. If I can get this church to understand the truth. And reality of Jesus and how he does things, we will be going someplace. 
But so unfortunately, so many people want to see Jesus the way they want to see him. And the only way we see Jesus, many of us, the way we see him is just that he makes everything good. He makes sure we're fine. He makes sure we're provided for. He makes sure life is good. He makes sure we don't have to struggle. He makes sure we don't have to go through no pain. He makes sure we're protected. That's all we see when we see Jesus. Our salvation is not cheap. It's very valuable. And if you treat your salvation as cheap, then that's what it is. And it's not going to yield you the same fruit as somebody else that treats it as value. Mm-hmm. 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 We cannot run from the challenges that comes with salvation. No matter what we do in this life, it will have its challenges. And salvation is no difference. Whatever we're going through is just part of the deal. We can't worry that, oh, the, the, the sky is falling when you're living for Christ. It's supposed to be better roses uh, and all things are supposed to work out. But I'm here to tell you, it's going to be some challenges. Uh, there's going to be some hurt. Uh, there's going to be some frustration. Uh, there's going to be some challenges along the way church and no matter what you do if you are going after something valuable there's going to be some challenges we want to obtain something valuable without sacrificing without giving without just 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 dealing with oppositions and all of this stuff it's not going to work we've got to make up in our mind listen Did you ever stop and ask yourself, if Jesus is so bad and he's all powerful and he's all knowing and all of this stuff, why didn't he just bound up the devil and chain him up so we wouldn't have to deal with the devil? Why? Why did he allow us to deal with the devil? He he, should have never allowed us to deal with the devil, should he? He can stop the devil. Why? Why is he letting the devil run rampant in the world and causing havoc with his people? I'll tell you why. First thing is, he knows the devil can't stop you. That's what he knows. The, 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 the second thing is, he knows that it's friction. And, and resistance and opposition and challenges that will make you strong. <laughs> Church, if you want it easy, you will be weak. If you want it easy, you will not be strong. You will not endure till the end if it's going to be easy. So I was talking to a preacher the other day, well-known preacher. I mean, he's fully connected to great things that God has done through him and his family. And I'm talking to him the other day. You'll appreciate this, Brother D. And he said something that I've had in my heart that I struggle with and don't really have the answer. But he came across real strong like he gave me the answer. So this is what he said. He said, brothers, I'm afraid 
we are doing the generation behind us that's coming behind us. I'm afraid we're doing them a disservice. So I said, okay, what do you mean by that? He says, how did we get here? Now, you're talking about a group of men, the men that I was uh, with. I mean, solid group of men. I mean, it's, you know, the elite of the elite when it comes down to men of God that's just doing great things for God. He says, brethren, how did we get here? Did we get here by anybody coddling us? He said, did we get here uh, without having opposition? He said, did we get here uh, because when we were talked to very hard, we, we just folded up? He said, did we get here by being disrespectful when our elders corrected us? I mean, he's running this all down. He says, the reason why we're here is because we were able to take correction. The reason why we're here was because uh, we had respect. Uh, the reason why we're here was because we got treated hard sometimes, uh, but we didn't fold up. We just kept going, and we followed, and we obeyed, and we trust. He says, that's why we're here. And he says, I'm afraid that the generation behind us, we're doing them a disservice. He said, we, and I got it. He says, we're doing them a disservice because we think that if we don't coddle them, we think if we don't make them feel good, we think if we don't be easy on them, then we're going to lose them. Oh, man, it broke my heart. He was telling me. I said, I hear you loud and clear because it's something I struggle with as well because I feel the same way. I was right there. But, I, you know, you've heard me say, yeah, but if we come hard at the generation behind us, they're just going to fold up tent and just be done and they, they can't make it. And what Jack is really saying, I didn't call his name, I ain't going to tell you his last name. What he was really saying is, if, they got, if that's what they're doing, then let them do it. Love them up, do whatever you can, but you've got to be strong with them because in order for them to, come, to become the next leaders, in order for them to preach this gospel and not waver, we're going to have to do them the same way it was done to us. I said, man, man of God, you're telling the truth. You're telling the truth. And so because things have become easier, which I just found out, and I just said the other day, I think it's a deception that we think things have become easier. So here I go, Sam. I was away last week. At the hotel, and because things are not open all the way, I'm in St. Louis, no room service, I can't get to a coffee shop and all this stuff, and I'm just like, man, this is not good. So I finally looked at my phone, Uber Eats. I said, maybe I can order me some Starbucks from Uber Eats, and they'll just drop it off at the hotel. And I'm going through all of this stuff in my mind. I'm just like, nah, just deal with it, man. It's a few days, just deal with it. So I dealt with it. But the thought that I had was just all of these apps. You got to make sure they're working properly on your phone. You got to remember your passwords. You, you got to keep up with all of this stuff that's going on to make them work. So while they work by click, 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 you got to keep up with all of how it goes, Sean. You got to keep up with all of this stuff. So me now, I'm, I'm just like filled with information now. I'm just like, oh my goodness. So now, just simple stuff. Sometimes I have to stop and say, all right, what's the name of that again? I got to remember stuff now because I got so much stuff because I got to remember so much stuff. Yeah, I save it all in that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm saving it in the area, the, you know, password. I do, Shauna, but it's still a lot. I got a lot going on. 
And so I got all this information, and, and, and when you want to use it, if something is off kilter where you haven't used the app in a while, and now you got to renew stuff, you got to refresh it. That's the whole thing, because you got to remember, which email did I use for this? <laughs> so we're thinking that it's easier, and in my mind, I'm just like, is it easier? I think we're being bamboozled a little bit. I really do. I think we're being bamboozled a little bit in thinking that everything is easier when eh, I don't know about that. It might be a lot of things that's not that easier, but we've been taught to think that it's easier, so we just go with it. Uh huh. I don't know. But what I'm here to tell you is God was on the scene. Before technology was on the scene. God was on the scene before all of these things that we're now doing that is supposed to make life easier. He was on the scene before that time. And guess what? He is not changing. He says, I am God and I change not. And so he's not changing. So in thinking that because the world has changed and making things, quote unquote, easier, that don't mean salvation is going to be easier. That's not changing. His process to be saved hadn't changed. From the day God established his church, it hasn't changed how you get saved. You can't change how to get saved. Only what he says is how we get saved, and that can't be changed. Uh-huh. Can't be saved no other way but by repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, knowing that there's only one God, live a holy and righteous life. You can't get saved no other way. That's how it's always been. And so everything else we want to come up with these days and says, well, all you got to do is believe. Can't you see now how that fits really well in, 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 in how we have come up such a way where we're thinking, oh, you got to do is believe. Why? Because that sounds easy enough. I believe. And we lie to even when we say we believe. I believe. Because if you want to be real honest, if you really believe, you'll start to do something about it. So we lying anyway when we say, I believe. Because you're saying, I believe, and you're doing nothing. What do, you, what do you believe, and it warrants you to do nothing? Tell me. So we're lying to ourselves. We're, 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 we're just one thing to be easy, and it's not going to be easy when it comes down to the things that are valuable. And salvation and having a relationship with Jesus is, should be the most valuable thing in every person's life. All right, let me finish up. I don't think y'all want me to preach like this no more. The field comes with the treasure. Don't forget it. And that's the point that I want you to get in your, your mind and your heart. Joyce, you know, you've been living for a little bit. The field comes with the treasure. So as much as we're going to enjoy the treasure, there's going to be some other things involved because I didn't get the treasure by itself. I got to feel with it as well. And I still got to maintain the field. I still got to care for the field. I still got to make sure the field is right. I still got to take care of the field. I got the treasure, but I still must maintain the field because the field is part of the deal. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 says, 
Another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened or like unto a man which sowed good seeds in his field. From my field again. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seeds in the field? From whence then had it tares? He said unto them, An enemy had done this. The servants said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? So his servant says, Should we go and go gather up these tares? Because, you know, some enemy came and sowed tares among your beautiful wheat. Should we just go and just root up the tares? Verse 29. But he said, Nah, nah. Lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Can I pause here and tell you? There are some problems that you're trying to fix that you need to leave it alone. There's problems that you have in your life. There's situations that you have in your life that you're trying to fix. And let me tell you, the only way, the only reason why you're trying to fix it is because you don't have Jesus in your life. But if you will get Jesus in your life, then you will realize I'm not fixing it. I will let him worry about those problems. I am not going to fix it because what this is telling us is when we try to fix some of the issues we have in our lives, we end up making them worse. Trying to get rid of the tares will cause major problems to the wheat. And so the servant, the, 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 the owner of the guy says, no, no, let them grow together. Don't, don't, don't do it. The tares are too, pre- the wheat are too precious and we don't want anything to happen to them. So just leave it alone. Let them grow together. That's clear evidence to us. That God is telling us we're going to be in this walk with him dealing with resistance, dealing with irritation, dealing with agitation. That's the feel. That's the feel, somebody. You got to realize the feel is going to produce irritation and agitation. The feel is going to produce opposition within you because the Lord says, let them grow together. You can't live for God without irritation, agitation. There's people that came into your life. There's people that's in your life now that they're irritating you. They're agitating you. They're getting on your nerves. They're, they're rubbing you the wrong way. But you got to realize the Lord was the one that brought them into your life because he realized uh, irritation and agitation uh, and, and challenges will help you better than if you had none. We don't want to go with that. 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 Because we want it to be smooth. We want it to be easy. And I'm telling you, that's not how God does things. God wants you to be the best you. God wants you to be victorious. God wants you to be successful. And the way he's going to produce that in you is by allowing you to be agitated. It's by allowing you to be challenged. Because when you trust his word and you do what he tells you to, you will be victorious and you will overcome whatever it is that you're dealing with. You got to smile at these things sometimes. 
You got to stop letting it get you down and frustrated and get you mad and upset. You got to smile at these things. If you're sincerely serving the Lord and walking with him, you smile at them. Because God, if you're the child of God, God don't let anything happen to you without his permission. If you're walking with God and you're living for God, God don't let anything happen to you without his permission. So the bottom line is, if he allows it, then he's doing it for your good. If he allows it to come into your life, he's saying it's going to make your life better. It's going to make you victorious. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you what you need to be in Christ. And so in verse 30, he says, let both grow together until the harvest. You know what he's saying? When harvest come, I will remove the wheat or I will remove the tear. So let God remove the stuff out of your life or let God remove you out of the stuff and you'll be fine. You leave it alone. You stop worrying about it. But listen to me. Here's what we end up doing. I got to tell you straight. Here's what we end up doing. Sometimes you're going to listen to me. This is you saying I'm listening to the preacher. All right. I got a situation. I'm not going to mess with it. The preacher said just let God deal with it because God knows everything that comes in my life and God will make sure he takes care of me. That's exactly right. Here's the problem. You have to cling to God. You have to obey God. You have to follow God. So if you don't follow God, but you're telling me or you're listening to me, then you're going to get frustrated and says, I'm, I, I'm not saying it right. You're going to say he ain't preaching right. Because what you're going to do is not follow the instructions the right way. You're going to not mess with the problem and expect for it to go away eventually. And when it don't go away, you're going to say, well, why didn't it go away? That's what the preacher said. But what I'm telling you is you have to also submit to God. You must also walk with God, obey God. You know the scripture that says resist the devil and he will flee? If you go and read that scripture... This comes before resist the devil. It says, submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will. So people try to fight the devil, but they ain't submitted to God. And they get their tail whooped by the devil and saying there's no God. We get mad at God and say God ain't really working. And God is not who he says he is. But you're not doing what he said to do. So if you're going to whip the devil, he says, you got to submit to me. If you're going to whoop the devil, you're going to have to be in right relationship with God. Then you will whoop the devil. But trying to overcome the devil without submitting to God, you will be annihilated by him. So don't get it twisted and said that I said this and I said that when you didn't do it the right way. Carry it out. Carry it out. The problems that we're dealing with, the challenges that we're dealing with, God will work them out. But you have to submit to God. You have to obey God. You have to work with God. You have to sacrifice your life to God. You got to trust him. You got to obey him. And everything I'm telling you, it will work out just the way I'm telling you. That's the way it works. Listen, you are a treasure. And I'm going to show you that before you go, how much of a treasure you are. Problems and challenges are unavoidable, so let's embrace them until Jesus removes them or until he removes us from them. 
We value things by the price we pay for them. We value things by the price we pay for them. You can say whatever you want. But if you didn't sacrifice a whole lot, and if you didn't give a whole lot, or you didn't pay a whole lot, then it's not valuable to you. It's just another thing that you got. But if you sacrificed a lot, if you gave a lot, if you paid a lot, then guess what? That thing is valuable to you. <laughs> I need to let that soak in. I need to let that soak in. Because your relationship with Jesus, if you sacrifice a lot, if you gave a lot, uh-huh. If you give up yourself and give up your finances, you're saying my relationship with God is valuable to me. That's what you're saying. But if you don't do all that, you're saying it's not that valuable to me. And one thing I've learned about things that are cheap, they don't last. Cheap things don't last. I don't have a whole lot. But the things that I think is, is important to me, I try to make sure they're expensive. Not because I have expensive money, but because I know they're going to last me a lot longer. Cheap things go quickly. And so if you determine your relationship with God to be cheap, it won't last. It won't last if your relationship is cheap. So look at your relationship with God and say to yourself, am I sacrificing a lot? Am I giving of myself? Am I giving of what God has blessed me with financially? Or I'm just going with the flow and it's not that big of a deal. I get there whenever I can. It's no big deal. If it's cheap to you, it's not valuable to you. And if it's cheap to you, it won't last. That's hard saying right there. That man sacrificed all he had for that treasure. That treasure was very, very valuable to him. That's why he could have gone and sold everything he had to purchase that field so he can get that treasure. What is the most valuable thing to you? Don't tell us, but show us by how much you have sacrificed, how much you have given, and how much you have paid. Don't tell us what is valuable to you. Show us. What is valuable to you through sacrifice and through giving? And so I bring this to a close here by telling you John 3.16. John 3.16. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Church, can I tell you this? God never tells us to do anything he has not already done. We've learned through the scripture by reading that in order to have the treasure that is in the field, we have to purchase the field to get that treasure. We've learned that. And God is showing us that he did the very same thing. He purchased the world so he can have the church. 
God purchased the world so he could have the church. He bought the field, which is called the world, so he could have the treasure that's in the world, which is the church. Did you miss that? Everybody is not a treasure in this world. But those that are in the church of the living God are a treasure in this world. And so the treasure of this world is the church. And when you get in the church, you become the treasure of the Most High God. And that's what His eyes are focused on in this earth. The church is the treasure in the field. We are in the field of this world and God's eye is upon his possession, his church, his treasure because God's treasure is the church. Oh, somebody help me today. If you're going to be a treasure, just like we said at the beginning, you are a treasure. You can be a treasure today. If you're not, just become a part of God's church. Just give God what he requires and become a part of his church. Because only when you become a part of his church do you become a treasure. If you're not a part of the church... You're just part of the field. If you're not a part of the church, you're just part of the field. And God's treasure is in the field. The field is not his treasure. He had to purchase the field. So all this mess came with his wonderful treasure, his church. Just like how you're going through it, God is dealing with it. Because God is saying, I got to deal with all the evils that's going on in the world to put up with all of that stuff and deal with all that stuff so I can get my treasure out of it anyway. My treasure is among all that's wrong, but my treasure is there. And I can't take my treasure out right now because I got to let them grow together. I got to let them stay together. But when the time of harvest is come, I'm going to take my treasure out of the earth. That's why the Bible talks about the rapture, the great catching away. He's taking his treasure from out of the world, the field that he had purchased. Because God never asked us to do anything that he's not doing. The church is his treasure. And so I employ all of you today, if you're not a part of the church, become a part of the church. If you don't know that there's one God and his name is Jesus Christ, you need to know there's one God and his name is Jesus. When you understand what God has gone through so you can be saved, you will repent of your sins. You will be baptized in water by submersion. And you will have your sins washed away. And he will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And by the way, when you are Submerge is supposed to be in the name of Jesus because God's name is Jesus. God's name is Jesus. You get baptized in God's name, not God's titles. You want to be a treasure? You got to become a part of the church. If not, you're just a part of the field. God is not interested in the field, but he knew he couldn't have the treasure if he didn't buy the field. My God, what a revelation. What a revelation. What, what, a, what an awesome, awesome God we serve. That my God, he bought the whole field so he could have his treasure. I'm finishing. There is nothing 
only God that is more valuable than the church. Can you imagine? We're all going crazy trying to get what we call valuable treasures. And there is nothing more valuable than us. What is that all about? All the gold, all the silver, all the diamond, all the pearl, Fort Knox. I mean, all the money, whatever you want to call it, all the jewelry. None of it is more valuable than you. Whether you're rich or you're poor, it's still not more valuable than you. Whether you live in a big house or a shack, it's still not more valuable than you. Whether you drive a small car or a big car, it's still not more valuable than you. Whether your church building is this fire station or is some big beautiful building, it's still not more valuable than you. Because when you become a child of God and you're born into the church, you become the most valuable thing in this earth and outside of this earth. Don't you let nobody tell you any different. Don't you act any different. You're the most valuable thing there is in this earth and God has gone to the extreme to make sure you know it. What God paid and sacrificed for his church cannot be found any place else, little Sam. So that man that bought the field, he went and sold whatever he owned, gathered up all the money from it, and went and bought the field. What God paid for his church, we can't go any place to get that. We, 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 we can't go to a vault to get that. We, we can't go to, to, to a mansion to get that. We, we can't go to our bank to get that. We, we can't sell everything we got to get that. What God bought his church with, it's not available. So it means it's the rarest and the most valuable thing that there is because things are more valuable the rarer it is. So the bottom line is what God used to purchase the church, it can't be found anyplace else. So that tells how valuable you are. My God, this is, I don't know about you if you're getting this, but this is powerful to me. Because what God did to purchase the church, to make it, he's showing you how valuable it is to him. Oh God, church, help me today. If God is showing you what value means to him by purchasing it with the most rare and the most precious thing, then what should we be doing to say that the church is mine? I'm a part of the church. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. And I'm the most, what should we be doing? I don't know if you're getting it. I don't, I don't know if you're getting it. When you realize what God has done to purchase this church, I am saying he is showing you when something is valuable to him, the extent and the extreme that he will go to show you how valuable something is to him. We need to take our cue from him. And if he went to this extreme and to all these lengths to show us that the most important thing and the most valuable thing to him is the church. And so he showed us by how much he sacrifice by how much he gave he showed us that's what he gave for the church because he's showing you what it means to him the question is what are you doing to say how much the church means to you what are you doing to show that this is the most valuable thing to me I'm finishing 
I don't know if y'all get me today. First Peter one and eight says, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. As silver and gold, the stuff that we running behind saying is the most, you know, you hear these commercials all the time now, you know, with the economy going the way it is, silver or gold is the most uh, uh, best commodity and you're hearing that. But look at what our Bible says. My God, man, if you don't live for God, if we don't live for God, we're crazy out of our mind. This is the stuff our Bible is telling, telling us. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. The Bible calls, our God calls all the jewelry, all the gold and silver that we're all going for. He says it's corruptible. He says we were not purchased with corruptible things like silver and gold from vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He came and gave his blood that it was not like any other blood because every person in this world had sinned and defiled and corrupted themselves, but God himself came as a man and he never sinned. He never defiled himself. He never did anything wrong and that's the blood that flowed and that's the blood that was given for his church the most valuable commodity inside this world and outside of this world the most valuable commodity is the church of the living God most valuable commodity. It's not gold. It's not silver. It's not diamond. It's not ruby. It's not precious pearls. It's not any of that stuff. The most precious and most valuable thing in this world is the church. And when you and I become a part of the church, it means you and I are the most valuable and most precious thing in this earth. Jesus says in Matthew sixteen eighteen. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, he didn't promise us better roses. He didn't promise us things would always be easy, but he promised us that no evil will prevail against us. You think he's going to go to those extremes. You think God is going to go through those extremes to purchase the church and then allow something to corrupt it? And then allow something to destroy it. And then allow something to overcome it. And then allow it to be ineffective. Are you kidding me? That he was going to purchase this church with his blood, the most valuable thing, and just let it just be like no big deal? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is the most valuable thing to him. And he will defend the church until he received the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The church was purchased by the most precious commodity in this world, out of this world, under this world. This church was purchased with the precious blood of the Lamb of God. And so when you become a part of the church, you become the most precious thing. This is why you are a treasure. The church is the most valuable and precious treasure in and out of this world. When you become a part of the church, you become the most valuable and precious treasure in this world and out of this world. And so I ask you to stand with me and I ask that you'll put the final scripture up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. You are a treasure. Ephesians 5. Verse 25.
Ephesians 5, verse 25. If you're not a part of the church, you must become a part of the church. You must become a part of the church. When you become a part of the church, then you start to see things that we one time thought was valuable. I told him this morning that when I was younger and in the neighborhood back in the day, depending on who had the fattest rope, the dookie rope, depending on, you know, Run DMC had started it, right, Sam? And so they had the fat rope. It was a gold chain we call rope. Gold chain, probably this, this, this big. And they drop it around their neck and everybody running around with their dookie rope. People was killing people for that dookie rope. We thought it was it. And when I got saved, when I got saved, I gave away all my jewelry. I had a nice chain. It wasn't a dookie rope because now I got I had got sophisticated. So when I when, when I was cool, I had a dookie rope. When I got sophisticated, I got the chain with my name on it. Oh, y'all ain't want to see that. I had the chain with my name on it. Came down, had my name Wayne. Nice chain. Gold. My gold was shiny. And then I had the watch. Bad watch. Had me a nice big ring because that was the style. Nice big ring, nice big watch. Y'all just starting to wear a big watch. We were wearing watch back in the day. Nice big chain, nice big watch, you know, nice ring. And you walking around, can't talk to you, right? Making sure your hand like this. You know, your chain with your name, and then, the, and then the girls always coming over. Let me see your name, you know, because you got the chain on. They try to give you some play, but they, this is the way they get to the play. Can I see your nameplate? Just want to be in your face. Just want to be in your face. And so we thought that was cool. We thought what we had then was valuable. And when I got saved, guess what I did? Gave it all away. All of that stuff, all that, that jewelry that I spent money on. I don't even know where it was. I don't even, I think I gave it to my little brother, and he went to trade in that gold spot. I can't remember gold people down in Trenton, New Jersey, but it used to be a gold shop down there. We all went down there. Had a gold dude down there. But I gave him all my stuff, and I think he went down there and traded it in and got some other stuff. But I, I didn't even think twice about when I got saved. I said, I don't need this. Get this out of here. But before I got saved, it was precious. Before I got saved, it was the deal. I mean, you woo, couldn't get dressed without putting on a chain. That was the final thing that go on after you get dressed. Chain. See my name. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You still want to be a part of the church? You better want to be a part of this church because the Bible said he gave himself for it. Uh Uh-huh. It meant that much to him. It's that special to him. It's that precious to him. It's that valuable to him that he gave himself. He didn't withhold anything to make sure the church belonged to him. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. With the washing of the water by the word. That he might present it to himself. It says that he present the church to himself. It's going to be a presentation. The church will be presented to God. God will present the church to himself. What a presentation. He presented the church to himself. He purchased it and still presented it to himself. That he might present it to himself. A glorious church. You see what I mean? 
You can't be stopped. You cannot be defeated. Nothing can happen if you just stay in the church. All that's going on all around you is just white noise. If you're living for God, white noise, white noise. Keep living for God, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it talking about church should be holy and without blemish. That's what God is saying about you who become the church, that you are the most precious commodity outside of him, outside of him. There's nothing else more precious than you when you become a child of God, when you become a part of the church of God, when you begin to live for him. But you can't do it cheap and think that it's going to last. He didn't do it cheap. He didn't, God didn't go cheap on us. You shouldn't go cheap on him either. He is in this forever because he gave everything for it. See, when you go cheap, you can walk away. I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm going to say it nicely. So if you get offended, you won't be too mad at me. <laughs> if you sacrifice like real sacrifice, if you give like real giving, if, if you become a part of this church and just constantly just live for God, you can't walk away. I just said it nice. You, I, I could have said it another way. You can't walk away. No matter how much people offend you, no matter how much people get on top of your nerves, as we like to say, no matter how much you hurt and go through stuff, you sit back and say, all of that, I'm mad. You even cry. You get frustrated. You even scream. But when you get back up, you say, but I'm not going nowhere. I gave too much. I am so invested in it. How in the world I'm going to walk away from all that investment? Only a crazy people would, a person would do that. And I sound like Jesus because that's what he's probably saying. He says, you think all that I've done to purchase this church, I'm going to walk away from it? That's what he's saying. So if we will be smart enough to invest as much as we can to at least compare what he has done to what we should be doing, we would be saying the same thing. Don't even look at me because I'm not going anywhere. You can curse me all you want. You can tell me off all you want. You can treat me bad all you want. You can do whatever you want. Where am I going? Too much invested in this. Too much sacrifice. Too much giving. I'm not going nowhere. So I'm concerned for those that have not truly sacrificed and have truly not given because, as I said, if you have a cheap salvation, it won't last. And you'll find yourself walking away from God and it will be no big deal to you because why? You never really gave anything anyway. What you gave was no big deal. You're like, ah, I'll get over that. If you give what you're supposed to give, you'll never get over that. You stay right in the church. If you give what you're supposed to give, you will never make that statement that I ain't going no, that, 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 that I'm going somewhere. Because you realize I've given everything. This is where I'm going to die. This is where I'm going to die, Tom. Bury me in the church. Too much has been already given. There's no place to go. This is it. This is how we need to think. But we're going to have to give more than we're given to get to this place of saying this. God has given everything for us. 
will we give what we're supposed to give for him? Lift your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your presence today. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to understand, Lord Jesus, the real, true power behind your sacrifice and how you've purchased this church, Lord God, with your precious blood, your blood, Lord God, that cannot be found anyplace else. And so, God, today I pray that the word of God will challenge us and move us, Lord God, in a way where we, Lord God, will not remain in the same place, but we will take steps of faith today. That we will go forward today, Lord God, in you, realizing, Lord God, that you have already made the investment. So now is our time to invest even more, to invest deeper, to invest, Lord God, with our whole heart, giving all that we've got. I pray today. Listen to me. Everybody here, I know you're sincere, but all God is asking you to do is to now put action in your sincerity. Yes, you are sincere, but you must put action in your sincerity. If you're not a part of his church, I know you have come. I know you hear the word. I know you participate in the singing and the clapping. But what God is asking you to do today is surrender your life to him. If you have not been born again, you need to be born again today if you have not been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ you need to do it today if you have not received the infilling of the Holy Ghost you can lift your hands and worship God right now and he will fill you with his spirit I'm asking you today to surrender all to God to now begin to sacrifice like you've never sacrificed don't let your salvation be cheapened because you don't don't give what you're supposed to give. Ask God to have his way today in you and change you and move you from this place to a new place in him. Father, we lift our hands to you. Father, we look to you and ask, oh God, that you will speak to us. That, Lord, you will help us. That, Lord, our lives will be changed. Oh God, that the power of God will move on us, Lord God. That the, the work of God will fill our heart. And, Lord, we will go forth, Lord Jesus, to do thy bidding. Oh God, to do what is right. To sacrifice like we've never sacrificed. To give like we've never given. Oh God, to truly, Lord God, value our salvation, value our relationship with you like nothing else, that we will not allow anything else to compete with our salvation, our relationship with you. God, hear our hearts today. Impart to us today what you will, Lord God, that we will leave changed, that we will leave delivered, that we will leave healed, that we will leave leave with a makeup mind today. I pray, Lord God, that you have your way. Somebody hear the word today. Somebody respond to the word of God with faith and obedience. Respond to the word of God with faith and obedience. God wants to do something in your life. God wants to bless you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to guide you and lead you. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. God, save us, please, Lord. Save us, please, Lord. Save us, Lord. Oh, God, I pray that change will come into our heart today. 
for your miracle tonight. Praise it for the Lord. Praise it because of believers. 